Hi and welcome. This is uh, Stephen Ridgway. And this is Sean Fitzgerald. And this is the very first um, Casting Net podcast for uh, 2006, uh, April 4. Welcome back to 2006, everybody, and welcome back, Steph. Well, welcome back, Sean. Yeah, it's uh, been a bit of a break. I think, what was our last one? It was in December, early December? December, so mm. it's been quite a few months. So, so I'm just going to quickly run through what we're going to do today. We'll talk a little bit in a moment about what our plans are for the new Casting the Net podcast. Uh, after that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Web 2.0 because it's going to be uh, part of the... Um, focus of the new podcast and also some learning theories that have come out of that network learning and uh, connectivism uh, then we'll go on and talk about uh, just briefly talk about some projects that we're being involved that we're involved with at the moment and uh, and then we'll wrap it up so um, before we go on to talk about what's happening with the actual podcast um, maybe we should actually introduce ourselves Again, for anyone who doesn't know yeah, who we are. That's right, anyone um, newly on board to the podcast? Yeah. So, Steph, tell me, who are you? Who am I? Now, yeah, I think I... <laughs> um, well, um, I work for uh, Sydney Institute um, of TAFE here in Ultimo, and um, I'm sort of employed as an e-learning coordinator, I guess, and... Uh, um, uh, of course, been involved with this podcast last year with Sean when we uh, when we did a uh, podcasting uh, LearnScope project together in two thousand and five. So LearnScope yeah. being uh, funding from the Australian Flexible Learning Framework for That's professional right. development. That's right. In e-learning. And uh, yeah, I've been involved in I suppose the internet since oh, I suppose ninety seven. I guess uh, I was at uh, uni- Macquarie University and. Uh, they, for, they brought out um, the www for for, for staff um, to use, and uh, I've been using Vax applications up to that point, and so Veronica and all those those weird and wacky Vax apps, and so yeah, I've been around the internet for quite a while. Initially, uh, designing um, with you know just basic design, uh, and then eventually into into some more sort of educational applications of uh, of the internet. Hmm. Oh, and I. Sean Fitzgerald, am, I suppose you could say, a freelance consultant, researcher and presenter in the areas of uh, e-learning and educational technology with, um, as I sort of have usually put in my blurb, a passion for emerging technologies and their impact on society and culture. I've been involved uh, in the internet, with the internet-related technologies since about, uh, for about 10 years now, when, when the World Wide Web really hit, it caught my attention and I got into it, and so I've been teaching people how to use that for many years, and um, so the last few years I've been involved with various uh, projects, LearnScope projects, um, networking, funding from um, Australian Flexible Learning Framework, uh, last year was the Online Mentoring Network project that I worked on, um, as you said, Steph, the Casting the Net project last year was about podcasting and I was also involved in a um, LearnScope project the year before which was on blogging and online That's right. Yeah, you've been at the cutting edge for quite some time. You're a, a, a Web 2.0 evangelist, are you? Is it? Well, I guess Web 2.0 evangelist only in the last sort of six months or, or so since I've been sort of that term has really entered my consciousness. That's right. So, yeah. Okay, well, maybe we should... Uh, that's a little bit about us. Um, 
you should actually briefly describe, say what we've been up to in the last couple of months since the... Uh, since the break. Since, since the break, yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I mean, uh, July, January, I've been on holidays and, uh, you know, had a midlife crisis and went out and bought a Harley Davidson and uh, been having uh, reviving my youth on that. So, uh, yes, no, that's good. And, yeah, been, of course, uh, doing a whole lot of research on the web and... Uh, you know, getting that time to actually start to do some reading, some research, and trying to understand what's uh, what's what's happening out there. Mm. Good. Yeah, I've spent most of my holidays doing a lot of research too, and preparing for for various sort of work projects this year. But mainly doing research into these new technologies and getting a better understanding of what Web 2.0 is and what the significance of it is, and how it's actually, um, I think, fostering a a paradigm shift in many ways and is having an impact on many different areas so um, that's going to be a, an interesting area I think to, to explore and look at the impact and in particular because of the work that I do is usually related to education um, you know I've been looking at uh, web 2.0 and how it impacts upon learning and teaching and education mm. it's the term network learning mm. Mm. so new plans for the podcast this year uh, yeah. last year it was um, sort of the official podcast of the project. LearnScope project yeah. and, uh, and where we talked a lot about the process of podcasting, what was happening in the podcasting world. Um, and it was sort of like a newsletter, really, sort of pro- right, for the project. project news. And, and an like experiment that. in the form as well. Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, sh- we, we, we learned how to podcast. You know? Yes, and sort of got over some of our initial nerves about yeah. um, you know, going public and recording the voice and which I think many people go through when they first start publishing their their ideas mm. and thoughts to the web, be it blogging or podcasting or video casting. Yeah. But we're liberated from that now, and right. we've decided to uh, rebirth the podcast with more of a focus on the things that we're interested in, um, and we've we've titled it "Exploring the Tools, Concepts, and Issues Involved in Teaching and Learning in the Networked World." Um, so if you go to the blog, which is castingthenetpodcast.blogspot.com, you'll see that description. And Steph's also done a, a clever little thing there where he's um, included in the description some tags, uh, which are Web 2.0, Social Software, Network Learning, Connectivism, Education, and VTE. And tags are it's a bit of an inside joke because a lot of the Web 2.0 applications allow tagging, which is a way of um, categorising uh, various resources, which we'll talk more about in the future. Yeah. So, we have a new format. Uh, each week, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about news and what's happening and um, various projects we're involved in. But we're also this time going to um, take some time each to talk about things that have come across our radar, things that are of interest to us, particularly in the you know, Web 2.0 area and how that relates to education, mm. obviously. But really, anything that we, we find interesting. Yeah, well, we, what we come across in our travels on the, in cyberspace, and mm. what comes across our RSS uh, feeds. There's uh, lots of interesting stuff going on out there, and it's constantly happening. And it'd be good to sort of uh, talk about it, and engage with it, and comment on it as it's yeah. happening. And uh, so it'll be much, yeah, a bit broader focus. I mean, as, as, as you said, Sean. I mean, we're, we're going to be a bit more geeky, uh, a bit more talking about the issues uh, of education and, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, new technologies and emerging technologies and stuff like that. And we'll probably bring in other people too with interviews and, and things like that. So short, short interviews, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you might have some live sessions on Skype. Skype some Wednesday. people have a chat to them. Yeah. Um, we're also thinking of... Uh, we'll have longer interviews and but we will actually publish those as separate podcasts still in the same yes. feed well for those familiar with the, the podcasting that last year and this was part of me i suppose uh, uh, we podcast a lot of materials from the uh, australian flexible learning uh, framework um, community uh cool connections i put some stuff up there from all over the place really all within the vte context but um it did tend to sort of uh, dilute the podcast a little, um, you know, in the sense that, I mean, a lot of podcasts, they, this, in a the sense, they have that they're a week, a regular podcast with a, with a consistent format and people can subscribe to it and they know what to expect. Mm. I mean, it's certainly what I'm familiar with. And they might bring in different guests, but there's a sort of central theme, central people that are always there. Uh, and I think all having all the different stuff from the conference, which was, which was great because people could get access to it and that's what it's all about. We're going to funnel that through a, uh, I suppose, a sister podcast now called uh, Talking VTE. Mm. And uh, you'll find a link on the on the side panel there uh, to the, that. On the blog, yes. So, but we will also, if we do any long interviews that are relevant to our podcast, we might make those special episodes of, yeah. of this particular feed or podcast and have it on the same feed as well. But as you say, anything that's really... Um, those conference recordings uh, and workshop recordings will go on that separate new podcast. Mm. Um, so we'll, we're also going to include, uh, start incorporating sort of question and answer section. So uh, mm. what we're hoping is that uh, people will talk or send us uh, requests for, or send us questions and we yeah. can answer yeah. those questions. And there are. Well, they can flame us. Well, they can flame us. <laughs> now, there are several. Methods by which you can do that, you can simply post a comment on the blog um, or send us an email. We've just set up a new Gmail account, which is ctmpodcast at gmail.com. So you can send us an email with any questions or feedback. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll put that in the show notes Mm. for sure. Actually, we'll put it on the the sidebar of the... uh, Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, so it's permanently Mm. there on the the actual blog. Um, And the other way to give us feedback is... Um, Steph, you've still got your voicemail account, your Skype voicemail That's account. That's right, yeah. So they, uh, basically, if you've got a Skype account, which you'd have, you have to do to, to send me a voicemail, but basically uh, S Ridgeway 1, and uh, you just uh, call me and leave a message there. Um, you will find a link on, we'll put a link on the side panel there too, the that side. I guess would be yeah, a good idea. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Mm. So, um, so that way, if you want to give us some audio feedback, you yeah, can do that. Yeah, that would be great. We'll mix that into the session and yes. uh, be good have your questions and then we can respond to them so we really want this to be sort of like a dialogue type of thing where uh, people really can can ask questions and we can respond to those questions Um, yeah so we're going to talk a little bit later about you know a basic introduction to what web 2.0 is for those people who don't um, aren't really clear about it Uh, not that we're clear about it it's an evolving form it is an evolving (laughs) form but you know we're going to whiz through a few concepts and, and then if you need more clarification please feel free to, to ask ask for clarification. And we will be talking about these concepts more as the, oh, yeah. uh, as the podcast we'll goes on. We'll tease out different uh, different currents and trends and issues uh, um, in that terrain and, and explore them in depth in each, in each podcast, I think. Yeah. Now, we'll also be... Um, we'll promote the podcast a little bit more widely, put it on iTunes and a few directories and hmm. set, set it all up so that people know about it a bit better. That's right. Well, I think we'll... Yeah, we... we 
We'll make iTunes a little, we'll make it a little bit more iTunes centric. Uh, we might even get ourselves a little bitmap, a little image, and get ourselves listed into the directory there. I don't think we'll ever make it into the uh, visible directory on iTunes, but you never know. You never, you never know. know. You never know. And then we might have to put a one-click iTunes subscription button down the side of the blog. Oh dear, yes, <laughs> that's all right. We might have yeah. to. Well, unfortunately, it's the uh, it's the way. It's, it's one of the most common ways that people will be well, getting let's podcasts. let's face it. I mean, even the iPod Lemon, the iPod Eleven, it's. Uh, it's declining in popularity, I think. I mean, I don't think that uh, iTunes has got any real competition at this at this point in time. No. In terms of a sort of integrated one-click, you know, mm. uh, solution that's also got the hardware um, associated so with tied it. up yeah. with it too. So uh, they're going from success to success with it, and uh, you know, with the, well, of course, with the video stream coming on board now. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned video because we are thinking somewhere down the track we might even venture into video casting that's right so yes. once we once we get a bit more confident and get the the whole format happening and get a bit of an audience we, we might grab ourselves a video camera and see if we can see what it's mm. like to, to actually do this on video well yes uh, i noticed i'm not setting up the feed uh, the feed uh, burner account for uh, the vte talking or talking vte podcast that yeah they have got in there now that you can have videos uh, in, as enclosures pick up videos yep. and audio as enclosures Okay, well, so just one thing before we uh, we leave our sort of description of what's going to be happening with the podcast, uh, we might mention that uh, last year as part of the LearnScope project, we created an Edna group where we put all our resources on there and uh, materials from workshops on how to podcast. It's still there. It's still going to be there, but we've what we've done is we've archived it, which basically means it's it's just gone into a different category on Edna groups. It still has the same URL. Uh, it's still available. All the resources are still available, but it's now read-only, so the forums um, mm. are no longer... Um, you, you can't post questions to the forums anymore because we just didn't want to keep um, keep track of that. Mm. So a lot of good stuff there for people who are wanting to podcast. Mm. Yeah, all the workshops, everything, all the sessions. A lot of tricks and tips. Yeah. So, you know, you're welcome to go and check that out. We'll... We'll provide the link for that in this session. I suspect there'll be uh, quite a, well, a number of podcasting uh, LearnScope projects get up um, nationally. So we'll, we'll hope to make contact with you. And, you know, we're not, we haven't left podcasting behind <laughs> entirely, <laughs> just that we've broadened our horizons, that's all. Exactly. Okay, so well, we should talk a little bit about what Web 2.0 is. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's a, it is a... It's a term that's been disputed and a lot of people agree with it, a lot of people don't agree with it. Uh, it has many definitions but I think it describes a shift that is occurring and it, it's, it describes a particular type of technology and also a particular type of attitude that, mm. towards technology um, that's happening out there. So one, one description that I have here that I've put together is that um, you know, if we talk about Web 2.0 technologies, they're web-based applications and services that make it easy to create, distribute and share content while helping users find and connect with like-minded people and form social networks based on common interests. So, so some of the main platform, main theme, there are sort of several main themes there. So the first one is this idea of web as a platform. So um, instead of using applications on your computer, a lot of the applications now are available through the web. That's so right. examples of that would be... Uh, Rightly. Rightly, which, yeah. which is a word processor processor, um, collaborative word processing program online, um, but even things like, uh, you could say a wiki, yeah. which is a quick way of editing a web page, is, is a way of making you know, text available online. 
instead of using a word processor. Mm-hmm. In many ways, a blog. I mean, it's a it, instead of having you know your own web space where you where you write it in in a in a, in a web web editing program and upload the files. It's just all there. Straight into the web. Straight into the web. Yeah. Yeah. Straight into the browser. So that's sort of one of the main uh, characteristics. So it's easy to create content with these new tools. So the blog, obviously, podcasting. Um, Video casting, video sharing sites, photo sharing sites like Flickr, these all make it very easy to, to create um, and publish content. Uh, one of the other main themes there is the idea of collaboration and sharing. So a lot of these tools really encourage um, collaboration and sharing, working together. So it's a slightly different ethos. Like they're based on it in many ways. That's their that's defining mm. element. They're structured in ways that actually really encourage that and, and Mm. Um, Even if it's not a direct collaboration or, or direct contact in the way we might understand of you know directly communicating between individuals, but actually participating in a social field or mm. social uh, context. Um, I mean, I suppose something like Delicious is a good example of that. You don't actually talk to people on Delicious, but by tagging the same resources together, you're mm. participating in a social experience. So Delicious, for those who don't know, is a social bookmarking tool that allows you to, to bookmark websites using that web-based interface and you can access from any, any browser. Mm. And you know, Wikipedia is probably a good example, too, of sort of collaborative That's knowledge. Right. A lot of people know about Wikipedia, which is an encyclopedia that anybody can add an entry to and edit. So that's quite interesting. Now, there's, all, well, there's also a range of uh, software called social software. Yes. Um, and a lot of these tools that we've already talked about do have social software aspects to them. Um, anything that provides the capacity to link up with like-minded people um, comes under the banner, I suppose, of social software. Social and networking. Yeah, the social so- networking software. tools. Yeah. So, so they make it very easy for people to, to create communities, communities yeah. and networks. Yeah, well, that's right. Uh, MySpace is probably the most prominent example in recent times, which is phenomenal for young people to get into. So that's a sort of combination blog and social networking tools yeah. and music sharing, and, and it's a place where people can create all sorts of communities. And hook up together, find other people. And find other people, yeah. yeah. But even something as simple as Blogger has profiles, and through profiles you, you can actually find yeah. other people and... You know, search other people's interests. So even at that simple level, there are social networking aspects to Blogger. That's right. But uh, some of the other tools, um, are as like MySpace, is specifically designed with social networking in, in mind. And, and, and there are tools like LinkedIn, which is a social networking tool just for meeting other people. That's right. It doesn't even have the blogging aspect, as far as I know. I haven't used it, but it's a very popular um, tool for... For meeting people. Yes, I think. I mean, I suppose the earlier sites or the dating sites were a bit like that, but uh, there's that Web 2.0 dating site. Was it Consummating? Consummating. Consummating, where, yeah, I love that site. You so tag cool. yourself and other people tag you, which That's is right. a bit of a risky process <laughs> right. as far as I can see. Because, you know, who wants to be tagged with a negative tag? No, that's right. But, uh, Ugly as sin tag. <laughs> well, I think the um, the dating sites are an example. They still are an example of social networking sites that, yeah. that, that, with a very specific purpose, which is to meet people that, that you want to go out with, mm. whereas a lot of the other social networking sites have different purposes. Um, I think LinkedIn is more of a business-oriented one um, to to meet other people from your industry. So. Yes, yes. 
And of course, there's a lot of them emerging too around events. So uh, Eventful is a good example of that, where you can go out and find events, but also put up an event, and people can find it and join join the group, and you you start to form this sort of community of like-minded people around particular events. Yeah, it might be a band, it might be uh, fans of a particular type of music band. Mm. Friends, though, is a good example. I think uh, that's a bit like my, the earlier version, well, not a version, but it preceded uh, MySpace in popularity among the sort of, you know, the young teens. And that was originally set up to hook up uh, indie band um, fans, mm. music fans. So, yeah. So one of the other characteristics of... Um of the whole Web 2.0 phenomenon is this notion of the wisdom of the, the masses. Yes. And uh, tapping into the collective intelligence of, of the whole, you know, massive users out there and manifests in various ways. Like there's a whole uh, recommendation sort of system. So sites like Dig, D-I-G-G, which is a, uh, a news site, a te- technical or technology news site, um, people post news items linked to articles or blog posts and then other people vote for it, whether it's good That's or not, right. and sort of gets a thumbs up and goes up, and gets a thumbs down and goes down in the ratings. You can even rate the comments too. <laughs> yeah, you can rate, rate the comments. Apparently that's a, a recent phenomenon. So there, there are a lot of sites starting up um, that have that capacity for, for the public to actually become editors in a sense and mm. vote for um, which it's stories. It's big brotherish in a way, isn't it? That's the sort of that, that idea of all these people voting on who's in and who's out. Oh, big, like Big Brother, the uh, the TV show. The TV I thought show, you meant like Big Brother, the actual, the original. The 1984, the 1984 version. <laughs> yeah, so it is very Big Brotherish in a way, or um, American Idol, or a lot mm. of those other. So there's a question there about uh, is what floats to the top good, or is what floats to the top popular? <laughs> so that is one of the the drawbacks yes. of the wisdom of the masses. But well, it's certainly um, an interesting way. So one of the impacts that. Uh, um, these new tools are having are in the area of journalism and the media and so we're getting this sort of citizen journalism phenomenon where people are able to post news items themselves directly uh, without editorial control um, post photos and videos we saw last year with the BBC um, or we saw with the London bombing first Mm, um, some of those videos from phones that people took so and now the BBC is actively um, encouraging their users and viewers and listeners to send content in all the time. So there are several new services that have now set up like that where um, they basically let the uh, people send in the content and then they sort of put the content together and, and distribute that out. Uh, but the, the recommendation system, unlike Dig, that takes it to a next level because um, the services aren't even involved in the editorship process. They no. just basically set up a platform, uh, people provide the content, other people vote on the content. That's right. And, and we're start, starting to see a lot more of those types of sites emerge. So it's going to be very interesting to see the impact that it has on the, uh, on the media industry. Mm. Well, I think it'll be quite transformative. Um, and I think Rupert, the likes of Rupert Murdoch are quite aware of this and he's made a lot of public statements in recent times that uh, uh, the existing mass media monopolies are going to have to really look very closely at these new digital uh, digital uh, forms uh, uh, you know, and learn something about it because they'll, they'll be history otherwise. And the role of these media companies will change more in line with what we're seeing with these 
Web 2.0 companies where they actually utilise the data. Often they've got very small staff Mm. and they utilise the data from the users and that's where the value comes from. And they aggregate that data and they Mm. they make it available for other people. So they just basically provide the platform for for the user data. A classic example of that moving away from media would be um, Amazon or eBay, those sorts of... Mm. Um, businesses. Amazon has a lot of data that does come from booksellers, but a lot of the data, like reviews and recommendations and comments, actually come from from the people themselves, customers themselves. Mm. Yeah. And eBay is is completely generated from um, the customers. The, the users generate all the content in that. So it's an interesting business model, and that's you know there are people talking about how this is affecting um, the business world and the way the businesses run their, their shops and that they are now starting to get much more input and feedback from, from their customers at much earlier stages of mm. the production cycle of various products and services. And the obvious areas that are happening in are software and, and the Web 2.0 applications themselves. They have this notion of the perpetual beta where the software, instead of waiting to package something and perfect it and then release it, they're just constantly updating the features and trying things out and they get instant feedback from the they users. Do. So, in fact, the software is constantly evolving, mm. which hence the idea of the perpetual beta. I mean, um, for those who haven't used those sort of applications, I mean, Word's probably a good example where if you go to use the toolbar, uh, it remembers what, what, uh, what feature you mostly use and makes that visible to you. But if all that information is well actually constantly fed back to a centralised database, analysed, and the application changed the next day based on everyone's use of it, mm. uh, how, how amazing would that be? It would be, it'd be sort of like a... You know, in a fluid application, mm. which many of these Web 2.0 applications are. I mean, uh, some of the stuff that you hear the developers talking about is uh, the enormous rapid development cycles they have for um, pushing new features, and that the customer base really like that. Uh, they're very savvy, very adaptable, and very willing to take on board, uh, you know, changes in, in, in the platform. Yeah. yeah. One, one of the other characteristics of the whole Web 2.0 phenomenon is the interoperability. Oh, excuse me, the interoperability of data. So this idea that you have a lot of these sort of um, applications are sharing data amongst themselves using RSS feeds or what are called APIs, which stands for Application Programming Interface. So a lot of these services provide data, which other services then make use of. And you get this whole concept of the mashup as well, which is where you get data from two different sources and you can create a third source uh, or third application. Um, good examples of that would be uh, you know, Google Maps. A lot of people combining things like Google Maps with classifieds to create um, maps of where, say, houses are for sale or houses are for rent. Or That's right, what, yeah. One that really intrigues me is called Chicago Crime, where you can actually um, see you can search for the different types of crime in the Chicago area and it will show on a Google map where all the robberies are, where all the assaults are, and it can really tell you what the neighbourhoods are like that you think you're moving <laughs> into or, or buying houses. You're but looking, you see that you people up. Oh, my God, the house next door's being robbed. <laughs> that's good. I'm going to go and check out. That's my house. <laughs> looking at it on the satellite image. Uh, there's another one I saw, too, and it's in the New York area where people take photographs of rubbish that's been left on the street. You know, not necessarily rubbish, but... What people put out on the street yes. and stick it and they stick it on this Google map. So people come and go, Oh wow, there's a really cool coffee table on fifth and third avenue, I'll go down and pick it up. I yeah. think that's a great one. That's a, a great example of how these new technologies make it possible to utilise information that we weren't really able to utilise before. 
And that leads me on to the whole concept of the long tail. Do you want to try and explain what the, the long tail is? <laughs> long tail oh, that wags. Yes, well, um, who, where did that term come from? I'm just trying to think. I mean, I think it came out of Amazon, I think, and somewhere out of that. Someone yeah. wrote about that. There's an, a, a wide article, I've forgotten the name of the author, who wrote about it. And, uh, That's right. And he, yeah. he talked about Amazon and this whole idea that if you have... Um, um, so music's probably the best example, that if you have a music store, you can really only keep in, in stock the most popular, most recent music um, because it's just not worth your while stocking your shelves with all the older stuff and the independent stuff and the B-sides and the special releases. Um, but when you get online, when you've, especially when you've got digital um, media, but even also, um, so this works for Amazon and they sell CDs and books, physical things, which they have in a warehouse somewhere, is, um, it, you know, you've got unlimited storage space in a sense and so it doesn't really matter. You can actually... Um, you know, keep on your service all that old stuff, all the independent yeah. stuff, because there's, there are enough people there taking advantage of it. And the idea of the long tail is that the, the bulk of the content down... It sort of describes a, a curve where normally the, the most interesting content or the bulk of the content is in the, in the beginning of it. But with the long tail, it's the bulk of the content is actually down that long tail. It's, there are lots of individual markets and niche markets, but when you add it all up, it actually... Um, provides a lot of... Can be viable. Yeah, it can, can be, be quite viable. viable. So yeah. it's, then it becomes worthwhile um, keeping everything and making everything available because you know, it might only be that 100 people download a particular song but it doesn't cost you anything to have that song up there and you've got That's 100 right. people that are paying for that song. So, And you couldn't do that if you actually had a, a physical record store. No, so this is the right. concept of, of the long tail, that the, the bulk of the content is actually... Um, in this long tail and businesses are looking at different ways of trying to to take advantage of that Mm. Mm. okay well um we might just quickly go on to talk about uh we talked about some of the media or sorry some of the fields that were affected such as i mean we've intrinsically been talking about uh, the business impact um not that business is a, a strong area of mine but it's something that you know we need to talk about because it is having a big impact. Web 2.0 is having a big impact on business, but also the media. We've talked about, um, I suppose, in the entertainment industry, we've got the whole peer-to-peer file sort of cons mm-hmm. problem going on there with record companies not being terribly happy that it's now easy for people to easily distribute digital content around the world and suing people for downloading music, and mm. soon we're going to have problems with videos, the same thing I mean with videos. Um, so in various fields... Web 2.0 is having an impact, and we'll talk more about those in coming podcasts. But the one area that's of most interest to us, I guess, is the education learning. And, uh, you know, we have this whole concept of um, network learning. Uh, would you like to have a, a tackle and a brief description of what how you describe network learning, Steph? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I guess uh, traditionally uh, the idea of... Uh the learning institution was um, well. A traditional idea of learning was that you, there were people who uh, had knowledge, and that uh, you came. And those people were in institutions, typically learning institutions, and people would come to the institution, typically uh, do a course, and they would um, basically go into a classroom and listen to this uh, individual impart their knowledge, and you would be tested on this knowledge, and you'd get a bit of a bit of paper to say that you had uh, you, you had um, fulfilled the the requirements and off you went. Um, but increasingly people are able to get knowledge in, in a, uh, f- through 
uh, networked connectivity, the, the internet I suppose is a good example, but a whole range of, of what we might call connected uh, arenas uh, and gain uh, knowledge in that way. So knowledge becomes far more distributed. Um, um, so the role of the um, silos of knowledge or institutionalised knowledge uh, and, and its gatekeepers, the teachers and uh, its arenas, the classroom, become problematised, become perhaps even displaced, uh, in which um, people can then become both learners and teachers simultaneously. So mm. that dichotomy between the teacher and the student becomes, um, I guess, disrupted. Um, so, and the boundaries between classroom and everyday life become blurred as well, so that you might be learning on your mobile phone or you might be learning on your portable device, you might be learning with your MP3 player. So even the place where you learn uh, can be... Uh, can be Outside the classroom and distributed, and distributed. physically distributed. And, um, so, so it's interesting to see that what, what's happening. I think is that there's uh, so much information out there available now, and it's it's increasing at a rapid rate. And um, one of the ideas behind network learning is that it's easier to um, or it's 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 better to learn how to actually access the information and make sense of it, and, and critical mm. analysis of the information and filtering the information. Um, those are the sorts of skills that are going to be required for the, the 21st century. Um, so you know, empowering students to be able to actually find the information and make sense of it. And it doesn't make sense um, as much anymore, as you say, for the teachers or the institutions to be repositories of knowledge because um, students now have access to, to the networks that allow them to find knowledge which is more up-to-date and often more accurate than, than the teachers, mm. which can be you know, a bit of a challenge. But I, what I see happening and what a lot of people are talking about happening is the shifting role of the teacher from the, um, the subject matter expert or the sage on the stage through to a, a facilitator of a student's self-directed learning. So mm. um, part of this whole idea is that you know, students will take more responsibility for their learning, hopefully, and, and they're really taught, taught the skills on how to do that and they're taught more basic sort of living skills, more research skills, digital literacy skills, um, how to actually tap into the network and make advantage, take advantage of the network. Part of this uh, networked learning sort of theory is also based on um, connectivism, which is a learning theory by George Siemens. It's interesting to note, just before I describe that as an aside, that in the model that you described of the traditional factory-style school, that um, learning theories in those days tended to be more about what's the best way to get the information from the teacher into the That's student right. and for the student to actually be able to demonstrate that they've learnt it. But many people argue that all that really does is it, uh, it, it tests how good they are at passing tests. It doesn't necessarily test um, how good they are at implementing that knowledge. So um, back to George Siemens, uh, he's developed a, a theory of a learning theory called connectivism, um, which is based on this idea that you know, knowledge is created through um, accessing information from the networks. And the networks can be uh, data networks or like the internet, but it can also be pe- people as well. Sure. And, and so these days you have access to all this support and all this help online and all these tutors and mentors online. So um, you know, why not tap into that? The connections between people are as important as necessarily what the people possess themselves. Mm. And it also might be worth noting that um, that the connectivism model is is built on uh, or is a step forward from constructivism, which um, is about 
the idea that people create knowledge, knowledge yeah. through creating um, things and, and objects and yes. being engaged in projects. and so Knowledge through practice. Knowledge mm. through practice. So mm. this fits in really well with the idea that now uh, students have um, capacity to create um, you know, so much rich media content through blogs and wikis and podcasts and videocasts and animations and you know, presentations of all different types. Um, and that's often a much more engaging and interesting way of learning. Um, and for me, I know for myself, that's, that's how I learn, is through producing and creating, and also doing that in collaboration with other people. The, the current school system tends to um, discourage sort of sharing and collaboration, and, and it often is called cheating. Um, but with the new model, it's very much a sharing model. You share content, you take other people's content, you mix it up, you make it available for other people to access through RSS feeds or by mm. publishing it online. Um, so, so what's happening is a lot of these new tools are actually um, facilitating this shift in, in learning model to the whole networked learning model. So you see a lot of teachers are introducing blogging into their classrooms and, um, and podcasting and all these new technologies. But it is a bit of a challenge because it's quite a fundamental shift in, in the role of the teacher and the role of the institution. And, uh, and part of what I'm interested in is sort of introducing this different model uh, because I think at the end of the day it's a much better model in terms of um, learning, it's a much better model in terms of engaging young people and keeping them in school. And it's also, um, I think it's a much more humane model because hmm. it teaches, it, it, it sort of, treats students with more respect because it, it says that they're capable of taking more responsibility for their learning and and uh, and they've got a right to sort of be involved in in some of the choice making processes around that well this is a network this is the age of the network the global mm. network particularly and uh, with an always on always connected um, culture I think this sort of um, understanding about knowledge um, you know is probably it's probably closer to what's really going on you know, so it's a new era of self-awareness. Hmm. So we'll, we'll expand on these yeah. ideas in future podcasts. Uh, as I said, if you have any questions, make sure you uh, you know send, drop us a line, and, and we'll we'll clarify anything that you want us to to clarify for you. I mean, we're we're learning about it as we go along as well. So it's um, you know we can go out and we can find some answers and bring them back. If we certainly don't want to set ourselves as the gatekeepers of Web 2.0. Oh <laughs> who wants to be an expert on something that's changing so fast? That's right. And that sort of flies in the face of what we're saying about sort of this new model where, uh, you know, basically the teachers are really um, not gatekeepers of knowledge at all and not subject matter experts, but, but uh, good at helping people find the information and, and take responsibility for the learning themselves. Okay, so we should just talk, I guess, a bit about um, some of the projects we're involved in because, um, you know, I, I mentioned before about the idea of uh, wanting to introduce some of these new ideas and new tools to teachers and, and that it's going to be a bit of a challenge. And you've been successful in, in a new LearnScope project that's going to do just that, Steph. Would you like to talk a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Well, it's um, New South Wales uh, LearnScope project. It's got up today. I think most LearnScopes in the state in New South Wales would have found out today uh, their success or otherwise. So, um, but basically, yeah, it's it's um, a project that's going to engage um, uh, managers and uh, and stakeholders within within the institute and beyond the institute to basically um, have a conversation about. Uh, um, contemporary um, 
network learning, I suppose, all the stuff that we're, we're the landscape that we're covering here, but also for uh, uh, management and uh, uh, senior management, particularly, to be able to have a look at some of the trends that are occurring and their and their impacts and uh, um, on the institution. Yeah. And you know, for TAFE to be able to engage with emerging technologies, so yeah. and stay relevant, I would dare to say. Yeah, absolutely. Because certainly a lot of the something that we haven't mentioned is, and it's more relevant to the whole um, network learning model, is that a lot of young people are growing up with this technology. They're mm. very comfortable with it. They're used to working this way. They're used to networking with their friends online. They're used to finding the answers online. Um, they're used to being engaged in you know, very dynamic, interesting, um, rich multimedia creation um, and also games, online games. Um, they're interested, they're used to collaborating. So um, they are, you know, the young people who are growing up that are going to end up in the educational institutions have a particular way of operating, which uh, many people are saying that the institutions have to adapt and, and uh, so that they can sort of take that into account mm. and accommodate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's your LearnScope project. Uh, I've also put an application in for some networks funding last year, uh, well, in conjunction with some other people, obviously, not just me. But last year uh, I was involved in one project called the Online Mentoring Network, which went quite well, which was uh, set up to, to help people um, learn the tools and also some of the processes involved with mentoring online. Um, it turned out that... Uh, the main interest and focus, and certainly my interest was actually just on learning about the practical tools. Um, there wasn't so much of an interest on the mentoring side of things. And so what we've decided to do is put a, a, another application in this year for a new network, which sort of grows out of that network, um, focusing just on the tools with the Web 2.0 focus, and we're going to set it up in a way that um, uses all these tools to set up an online learning community to, to really demonstrate how you can set up these online communi- learning communities um, using Web 2.0 tools and following a network learning model where um, everyone mentors everybody else. Mm. There's no hierarchy, there are no teachers, it's a sort of self-organising network. So fingers crossed we're gonna, um, that's going to come off. If it doesn't, that's okay. We'll, we'll just rejig the online mentoring network so it incorporates more of the Web 2.0 tools and philosophies and carry on there. Um, either way, one of the intentions of this, this uh, network is to provide a place for people to come and and share information and resources and ideas and tools um, used in online learning with a you know, Web 2.0 and network learning bent, um, and it will feed you know well into or your your project will feed well into that. So it'll be a way for the you know people in the institute to network out and other people and have other ongoing projects. support yeah. and, and become more self-directed learners and, and take responsibility for their learning, which is very much what the whole networked learning model is about. Um, okay, so well, is there anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think that's about it. We're at forty-three minutes, so we're uh, somewhat over our normal thirty-minute time frame, but well, that's all right. Yeah, we'll try. We've a lot to catch up on. A lot to <laughs> catch up on. So, um, okay, well, thanks, thanks for listening. Um, our next show. You know, we'll take any questions that we get. Mm. Um, not but quite sure what we're, we're going to do. As I said, you know, 
each of us will have a, a turn talking about something that we found you know, interesting during the ensuing weeks. We're going to try and do this podcast every fortnight. Yeah, uh, It's a little bit of effort setting up and getting organised, but hopefully once we streamline the process, it, it shouldn't be too hard and we'll be able to fit one in once a fortnight. Um, so, and we'll talk a little bit about Web 2.0, and you know, so we'll just see how it goes. And, and certainly if you have any feedback about what you'd like to hear about or not like to hear about, um, let us know, and that could also affect the, the format and the content of the of the, the next podcast. Yeah, and if look, if you're you know in the, in the VTE sector, uh, vocational training, vocational, vocational, vo- yes, they've changed. <laughs> Here in Australia, they've changed. It used to be called VET, vocational education and mm-hmm. training, and now they've changed it as of this year to VTE, that's right. which is vocational and technical education. Have I got that right? Yeah, I think that's right. That's right, vocational <laughs> technical education. So um, you were going to say? Oh yes, yes. If if uh, if you've recorded any um, good workshop or seminar or something like that, uh, just let us know, and uh, we're happy to uh, stick that up on the um, talking talk VTE. VTE because mm. that's all about actually trying to get lots of all this wonderful material that's out there um, distributed out, so people can get access to it. So that's the idea. And if you want to contact us, obviously the the um, one of the best places to go is the uh, the blog where we will have all the show notes up, mm. and that's at castingthenetpodcast.blogspot.com, and you can leave a comment there, or uh, we'll have the email uh, linked there, which is um, what is it? The new email ctnpodcast at gmail.com, or you can leave a, um, a voicemail with uh, Steph's Skype account, and, and the instructions yeah. will be there as well. So. I think that's it. That's thank you and goodbye from me. Absolutely, and uh, yes, so welcome to new subscribers and uh, welcome back to uh, to old ones. So, till next time, bye. <laughs>